This morning, if you have your Bibles with you, let's turn to Matthew chapter 9, beginning in verse 35. If you don't have your Bible with you, it's going to come up here on the screen behind me so you can follow along there, or you can follow along on that new version app that we heard about last week. And uh, you can use your smartphone and, uh, or your tablet and do that. And I want to say as you're turning to Matthew chapter 9, uh, uh, those of you who used the app last week and who responded to the question that we put on there, thank you for doing that. Uh, each week we're going to put a question there that you can respond to. Uh, it's helpful information that we receive to help us do ministry better as a church family and staff. But turn to Matthew chapter 9, verse 35 and following. And there we read this. Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. And when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. He called his 12 disciples to him and gave them authority to drive out evil spirits to heal every disease and sickness. And then these 12, Jesus sent out with the following instructions. Do not go among the Gentiles or enter any town of the Samaritans. Rather, go to the lost sheep of Israel. And as you go, preach this message. The kingdom of heaven is near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons. Freely you have received. Freely give. In his book, 38 Witnesses, the author A.M. Rosenthal shares about what took place one day on the streets of New York City when a woman by the name of Kitty Genevieve was murdered. He tells about how as this young woman was stabbed to death by a man who was trying to rob her, 38 different people witnessed the attack and the murder. And incredibly, he says, as this woman was being killed, all 38 stood by and did absolutely nothing. They did absolutely nothing to help her. Now, while some of those 38 people did care about what was happening, but simply did not have the ability or the resources to stop what was going on, many of them were people who simply were indifferent to the need that this woman had for help. And you know, as incredible as that seems to us, it it does point out the reality that you and I live in a world today where so many people are indifferent to the needs of others. In fact, it seems that so many people in our world today couldn't care less about others. You know, now, lest we think this is a characteristic or trend of our society today, we only need to look at the history of humanity and find out that it is a characteristic of people in every era of history. Throughout history, we've seen man's inhumanity to man. In war, life is cheaply cast aside in, in brutal ways. We've seen the Crusades of the Middle Ages where children even marched to their death or children marched uh, off to a life of slavery as prisoners of war, all supposedly in the name of God. We've seen different periods of history where there have been brutal slave trades. We've seen several pogroms against the Nazis. And, And we've seen acts of genocide or ethnic cleansing. The 1970s and 80s, over 8 million people were killed in Cambodia by the 
Khmer Rouge. We had in our service earlier today a man who comes to our church that escaped the killing fields back then as a young boy. In the 1990s, this kind of genocide took place again, didn't it, in the Republic of Yugoslavia. And now it is happening in places like on the African continent. We live in a world where history shows us and current events shows us that people are oftentimes indifferent to the needs of other human beings and to the reality that we are all, every human being, is created in the image and the dignity and the worth and the value of God. People in our world today oftentimes couldn't care less. And yet, in contrast to that, we see in our scripture lesson this morning that our Lord was vastly different from that, isn't it? And in fact, our scripture tells us that Jesus was one who couldn't have cared more. Matthew shows us that, that one of the dominant characteristics in Jesus' life was that of compassion. In fact, uh, he was compassion incarnate as the love and the compassion of God was walking in him here on the face of the earth. If you have your Bibles open, look at verses 35 and 36 again and and see how Matthew writes that Jesus went through the towns and the villages preaching the good news of God's forgiveness of sin. But he also healed people who were sick and diseased. And you see, what Matthew is telling us is that that as Jesus went about doing uh, good for people, sharing the good news with people, talking about how no matter what they had done uh, to break faith with God and break their relationship with God, no matter the sin in their life, God loved them and wants a relationship with them. As he shared that good news, he exemplified God's love and grace by ministering to people's physical and emotional and spiritual needs. He was exhibiting the compassion of God for others when when life was beating them up. He was exhibiting the compassion of God for others when, when life's circumstances were overwhelming them. He was exhibiting the compassion of God for them when they were hurting. For as the scriptures say, when people were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd, Jesus reached out to them. He was compassion incarnate. He was a person who couldn't have cared more. If we had time this morning, we could look through other passages of the Gospels in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and we would see Jesus' compassion elsewhere, wouldn't we? As we could read text after text where Jesus reached out to meet the physical needs of the poor and the hungry and the blind and the lame where he reached out to meet the emotional needs of the widow and the troubled and and the mentally ill and the emotionally wounded, and where he reached out to meet the spiritual needs of the demon-possessed and people who lived life normally but, but who were lost and outside of a relationship with God and needed to experience God's grace and forgiveness of sin and be spiritually made whole. Jesus, you see, modeled compassion. He didn't just say that he cared, but he used the resources that his heavenly father had given him to show he cared. He was a person who couldn't have cared more. Well, along with modeling that, this text also tells us that Jesus called his followers and sent them out 
in his name to also minister to people. At the end of chapter 9, he tells us that, that the harvest is great and the need is great. The harvest is plentiful. And, and he's saying to them that there are, are, are spiritual and physical and emotional needs that people have in our world around us. But, but there are so few people who are going out into the world representing the kingdom of God in our world and meeting those needs and sharing the good news with others. And so he says, pray. Pray. Pray that God will send workers out into the harvest field. Pray that God will send people out who love Him and who will love others by modeling compassion, meeting people's needs, so that then when the opportunity comes to share the good news of Christ, people are receptive and responsive and will listen because they know that we really care. And not only pray, Jesus is saying, But he's saying, also allow God to use you, to use me as an answer to that prayer. For after gathering his disciples, his followers around him, there at the beginning of chapter 10, he says to those who would follow him, he says, go. And then verses 7 through 8, follow along as I read that. As you go, preach this message. The kingdom of heaven is near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. In other words, he's saying, hey, you who are my followers, you who have received my grace and forgiveness, you who have received the cleansing and the healing work of God in your life, you who have been blessed beyond compare of the rest of the world, go and give freely of what you have. Go and tell others the good news. And as you go, meet emotional and physical and spiritual needs and hurts with the resources God has given us. Model compassion, he says. Be what it truly means to be a Christian. Be a person who couldn't care more. Don't don't let it matter whether or not the person is friendly or polite to us or, or appreciates what we're doing for them. Don't let it matter whether whether they are attractive or clean or smell good or or whether or not they are people of another race or color or religious background. Reach out, he's saying. Because it's people who've gone deeper in Christ and who are in the Word and who are praying and who are experiencing my transforming work in your life, he's saying to us. I want you to go further in mission. I want you to have a heart for people like I have a heart for people. I want you to have have compassion and be people who couldn't care more. Be people, he's saying, who couldn't care more. No doubt those of you who are here this morning have heard the name General William Booth. And if you've not heard of Booth's name, you have certainly heard the name of the Salvation Army. General William Booth was the founder of the Salvation Army, and he was a man who was a pastor who left his pastor and his ministry to start that work in the streets of London to reach out to the down and out and to the poor and to those with need. And during those early years of his ministry to the poor and the down and out, he struggled financially. He lived by faith, but he continued to be faithful to the call of God in his life. And as a result, the poor in the streets of London gave him the nickname the general next to God. When William Booth died, his funeral service was 
attended by throngs of people. The place was packed with common, ordinary, everyday people. And obviously many of them were those whose lives had been touched by the ministry of the Salvation Army. God had used that ministry to, 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 to bring healing into their life spiritually and physically and emotionally. One of those women at the funeral that day was a very poor woman who while living in poverty, even in the midst of her circumstances, continued to live with joy and peace and with the love of God and contentment in her heart. And before that funeral service began, she went forward and she took two carnations and she laid them on the casket of William Booth. When that woman returned to her seat, she sat down unbeknownst to her next to Mary, the Queen of England. The Queen of England that day had dressed as a commoner because she did not want to be recognized and draw attention away from William Booth or from the Lord Jesus Christ. And so she slipped into the back of that room and sat down. And when that woman sat down next to her, she asked her why it was that she had put that, those carnations on the casket. The woman told her how she had grown up as the oldest child in a large family. And when she was a teenager that her two parents had died of a disease and there was nothing left for her to do but to sell herself into a life of prostitution in order to be able to support her younger brothers and sisters. And she said this, I was living an awful life that would have led to an early death when one day I met General Booth on the streets. And through his ministry, I received help for our family, help to get out of a life of prostitution and help to find God and experience his forgiveness for my sin. And my brothers and sisters and I are alive today and we love the Lord because this man cared for the likes of us. He cared. For the likes of us. You know, like William Booth and like Jesus' disciples who we read about in Matthew 9 and 10, the Lord calls upon us as well to care about others' needs. No matter who they are, what they've done, where they're from, what they look like, we are called to be people who have compassion and who couldn't care about people more. And so I want to say to us today that, that God is placing in you and me through his word and through this message, hopefully, a, a desire that will motivate us to, to action, to as we continue to go deeper in Christ and spend time in his word and time in prayer, as we pursue him and a relationship with him, we will then out of the overflow of what he does in our life, pursue his priorities going further in mission in our world, caring for others in the name of Jesus. And I want to say there are many of you doing that in ministries here in this community, and, and we're doing that by supporting families like the Ramoses and the Weebies and the Fox and others. But as we think about all of this today, and before we come back tonight to hear more from them about what God is doing through, through the ministries that we support, I want to say, too, that if you are one who, who 
is sensing God's call for you to go, either getting involved in local ministries or ministries of outreach or our mission teams, go if you're able to do so. Don't hold back, but go. And I realize there are many here who are not going to be able to travel to, to foreign countries for one reason or another, but, but you can still be part of the team. Even though you physically can't go, you can still be part of the team. You can pray and you can give. This morning, Darren Steinman is here, and I want to ask Darren to stand up. If you're one that's interested in, in going to Argentina this summer and being a part of that, or just want to find out more information so you can make a decision, Aaron's, Darren's going to be up here at the end of the service, and he'll be here to be able to, to greet you and to talk with you about Argentina. And then along with that, we want to encourage you, if, if you're wanting more information out by the Ministry Information Center, we've got these green sheets and they talk about all the different ways in which we can go globally as a congregation. The places and the people you can contact if you're interested. God calls you and me today to be people who have the heart of Jesus. To be people who couldn't care more. Let's stand for closing prayer. Oh, our Father and our God, we, we thank you for your word that comforts us as it talks about the love that you, Jesus, have for us and what you've done to show that love in our lives. And we thank you as well for your word that challenges us, that calls us to be filled with your spirit and your presence and to go to go to people here in Salina through the local ministries we're involved with, through the people we meet each day in our places of work and our schools, and to go to places around the globe to fulfill your great commission, to be your people of compassion, to be people who couldn't care more. And so, Father, we pray that you who've begun a good work in us as we talked about last week will truly be faithful to continue to work in us until that work is completed on that day when we meet you face to face and hear those words as your people and as a part of this church family. Well done, my good and faithful servant. Enter now into your rest. God, we pray for your spirit to anoint us and move upon us today and in the days to come. In Jesus' name. And all God's people in agreement said, Amen. Amen.